Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Hey everybody, welcome to the Atheist Experience Live. I'm Matt Dillahunty. I am joined by the president of the Atheist Community of Austin, Jen People. I just love being able to say that because we haven't actually done this show together since that I know. I know. Awesome. We haven't done a show in forever. Yeah. Months. And this is show 828, which isn't significant at all, but I mean you could make it significant if you wanted to. It just strikes me as odd that I remember uh, sitting in the other studio and saying, oh, we're only 75 shows away from 666, and now yeah. it's like 828, so who, who knows? Like, Pick out the next numerologically significant number, and yeah. we'll we'll start a countdown to it. So uh, I I can't really do uh, kind of the announcement stuff that I was that had stuck in my head. Yeah. yeah. So okay. hey, it's the Atheist Experience. We're live. It's a live call-in show. We take calls from people. We want to know what you believe and why. Uh, the why part is probably pretty important because. Yeah. Um, Primarily, it's about trying to figure out why we do or don't believe the same things that you do. Um, and we'll take uh, a bunch of callers. They'll have the phone number up for you. Actually, all the lines are busy right now. There's one thing I want to go over really quickly, um, and then I'll pass it off to Jen, who's going to talk a little bit about uh, ad hominem attacks. Yeah. But today in Austin starts a new initiative called Explore God, and a bunch of billboards went up around town. There's 325-plus churches have signed on to this. Um, basically, somebody who made a bunch of money on the Internet decided they were going to put up billboards to do this new Explore God initiative. They put up a website, explorgod.com. It's a bunch of uh, slick videos with people offering their opinions about what they think about God. And the local news came over and did a quick interview with me last week, and it aired... I think it was a week and a half ago, because it aired last Monday. And uh, I won't say they misquoted me. They didn't. They showed the footage as I said it. I'm not even sure that they really misrepresented me. But what aired on the news um, was not really representative of the whole story. There's a little bit more online at their website. I talked about this on Facebook. But the nuts and bolts of it is that I spent 30 minutes or so answering questions of what I thought about the Explore God Initiative, and I'll sum that up for you really quickly. Um, I'm okay with it. I'm actually encouraging people to explore God. After all, that's how I got here. Um, I think that this is nothing new. It's the megachurch uh, equivalent on the Internet. It's, hey, 325 churches. If you can get that many together, you know there's a problem. Probably church attendance dropping off, and they're pretty desperate to see what they can do to revitalize and 
the rock bands haven't actually worked out and the uh, tattooed, spiky-haired preachers in casual <laughs> clothes talking about how you need to love people instead of uh, hellfire and brimstone hasn't really done quite as much as they might have hoped. Oh. And since they can't get answers directly from the source, it makes sense that they would sit around and see what other people's opinions about God were. Um, I, I encourage this sort of thing. And we went through and we had a discussion about all that. And then near the end of the interview, he said, well, I think what I'm really getting to at is, don't you think this is a big waste of money? And that's when I knew what the angle of the story was going to be. And I explained that, yeah, you could look at this as a big waste of money. After all, Austin's got a homeless problem. There's plenty of other places we could be spending money. But I also added that you could say the same thing about money that was spent on billboards for atheist organizations, probably to a lesser extent since, you know, ours have actually been effective. Um, and this one maybe too. But my thing was this was all about free speech and free exercise, and I encourage them, and I don't have any objections to it, and I, they could look at some of the things that I've done and say that I wasted my money. I know I wasted some money yesterday just shopping around and buying the wrong stuff um, or buying things I didn't need. So that the, the money angle was never my primary objection. It was what was, it was the way they wanted to tell the story, and sure enough, on Monday night when I saw the report, it was wealthy internet entrepreneur buys tons of billboards around Austin, all the churches think it's awesome, and this atheist thinks it's a waste of money. All of which is true, but it doesn't really represent you know, the whole truth of the story. And I also pointed out that churches do often help the homeless. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was funny that they cut, they only showed the first half of my response, cutting out my clarification of it, and then immediately said, so-and-so says that churches have been helping the homeless for years, which, you know, they could have just yeah. let me say it, and then it would have, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's yeah. all I had on that front. The news is going to feed you whatever they want to feed you. By and large, I don't have a bunch of complaints, except that, as I pointed out in the clip that's online, if you really want to explore God, why didn't anybody ask me to be a part of the Explore God project? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, we we were talking about this before the show. We actually support people exploring God. Mm. And um, actually, if you go to the, the website and you look at the videos... Um, Again, we talked about this before the show. They're incredibly well produced. It's a beautiful website. Um, I'm kind of envious of the production values there. But unfortunately, the arguments are bad. It's the same bad arguments that we've been dealing with on this show um, for as long as the show's been in existence. And so, some of them aren't even arguments. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, it's it's like, just a... They, you know, a lot of them begin with this presumption that God exists. Yeah. Why does God allow suffering? Well, I, you know, I think you've kind of put the cart before the horse there. Maybe we got to figure out whether or not this God fellow has got anything at all to do with any yeah. of this. But so that's that's all I wanted to cover on the news angle. But we uh, will be taking calls shortly. But Jen's got something to uh, educate us all about right quick. Yeah, I wanted to talk briefly today about ad hominem attacks because I see people throwing that out there. Um, all too often, apparently without really understanding what that means. Okay, Some people seem to be thinking that an ad hominem attack is when someone calls you a name you don't like. So, um, you know, I may think that Matt is an asshat, but that says absolutely nothing about, you know, his argument. And, in fact, that's not an ad hominem attack. That's actually one step lower than an ad hominem attack. It's just plain name calling. Okay. An ad hominem attack is something that attacks the person instead of the argument. So, for example, uh, I was engaged in an online debate uh, with a theist, uh, actually on the, the TV list on email, it's been several years ago, and the guy got 
um, apparently mad at me or something and decided to dismiss my argument by claiming that I only thought that way because I was just an angry middle-aged woman. And I was like, okay. Um, if he thought he was insulting me, he was incorrect because I don't think there's anything particularly wrong about being legitimately angry with something, nor is there anything wrong with being middle-aged. Yes, yeah, so it could have just been right. Yeah. If uh, if that was, in fact, your only reason, which I doubt it was. Yeah. But. And so, you know, th- that's an example of an ad hominem attack. Um, you know, it, it's, it's also not an ad hominem attack to point out that someone might have a conflict of interest. Um, often that's relevant in determining whether um, they are objective and impartial about what they're presenting or if they have some other reason why they, they can't be regarded as completely objective about something. And I've got a couple of examples here that I want to um, use to illustrate um, when something is and is not an ad hominem attack. Okay. So in the first one, when Andrew Wakefield published his now-debunked study, that claimed that the MMR vaccine caused autism, among other things, Um, a reporter uncovered evidence that Wakefield was at that time working on a measles vaccine that would have been a competitor to the measles component of the MMR. So is it an ad hominem attack to note that he had a conflict of interest in this case? The answer, of course, is no, it wasn't an ad hominem attack. The fact that Wakefield had a conflict of interest that he did not disclose is very relevant when evaluating the credibility of his claims. So it shouldn't have been the sole um, component in, in evaluating that um, because it, it wasn't and isn't evidence that his claims were untrue. Um, but it should increase our skepticism about those claims. He had a motive um, to present evidence that, that attacked the MMR. Um, it turns out that science actually demonstrated that his claims were untrue. Um, So the next question is, um, if we call Wakefield dishonest, is that an ad hominem attack? The answer is no. He lied. He was, in fact, dishonest, and he was ultimately stripped of his medical license as a result of that. Uh, The second example I have here is there was a guy named Daniel Carlton um, uh, Gajdusek. I think that's the name. That's a pronunciation. He was a physician and a medical researcher at the NIH, and he was awarded a Nobel Prize um, in Physiology or Medicine in 1976 for his work on Kuru. Um, Kuru is a a prion disease uh, similar to mad cow disease. This was the first prion disease that was demonstrated to be infectious, and it was a result of Gaidashek's work that that, uh, led people to understand that these were infectious diseases. Twenty years later, Gaidashek was convicted on 12 counts of sexually molesting children. He was a pedophile. He saw nothing wrong with that. So the question here, um, given that his professional work provided him the opportunity to bring 56 children to the U.S. ostensibly for education and then molested them, um, based on that, can we now dismiss his professional work? If you do you've committed the ad hominem fallacy. The fact that he was a pedophile has absolutely nothing to do with the validity of his medical research. So in this case, he may be a terrible person, um, and he actually is a pedophile, um, but that doesn't invalidate his work. Yeah, it's about, you know, it's, somebody's made a claim, 
let's address the claim, and we need the information relevant to the claim. And you can say, um, you're an asshole, and here's why your argument's wrong, yes. by the way, yeah. um, and you haven't committed any fallacy. Right. Um, but if you say that you're you're wrong or that your research is wrong because you've done these evil things, whether they're true or not, then that's that's where the fallacy comes in. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, there. I mean, we see this all the time. People will say, "Oh, you're just an atheist because you want to sin." Hmm. Okay. Um, I might want to sin, but that's not why I'm an atheist. I'm actually hmm. kind of embracing that lately. Uh, Beth yeah. and I talked about this, and, and she made a really good point, which is. Um, that's probably a, a reason why quite a few people um, give up religion and 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 begin as atheists. Um, and I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with it, because yeah. one of the one of the things that comes up is this deal with uh, with sexuality and uh, mm-hmm. sex. And so the church is saying something that is against your very nature. Mm-hmm. And you may not have actually sat down and sussed this out and found the fallacy or sorted things through, and it may be more instinctive. Uh, but it's not something that we should just, oh, well, right. you're only an atheist because you want to sin. Because quite frankly, that's a pretty good reason to not believe yeah. that something is true if it goes against your nature. It's not, it's not something that we're going to see you know, in academic circles probably debating the existence of God. Well, God says I can't do this and I want to. That's not it. Well, certainly, um, if the implication of you, of you committing some sin is that you are now a horrible person mm. and, you know, somehow unworthy of, you know, salvation or whatever it is the religion is offering you. Yeah. I think that's certainly um, a good reason to reject that religion. Yeah. Basically, they're rejecting it, saying, I don't believe you. You have not sufficiently right. made your case. And they may not be saying it in those terms, but... Right. Yeah, by all means. Uh, and, and by the way, it's, you know, as somebody who rejects the very concept of sin mm-hmm. um, and this idea that you, you could offend a God or that yeah. it matters if you offended a God or that offense is somehow a wrong. I don't know. If, if two people are engaged in, in an activity and nobody else is harmed, uh, it seems that religion is saying, ah, but there is somebody else harmed. This yes. This being up here who's all powerful has been harmed by this thing that shouldn't actually harm anybody. That's uh, uh, kind of dishonest. So if you make that kind of argument, uh, it's a bad argument for the reasons we stated, and you might be an asshole. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, yes. uh, did you have more? No, I was just going to add that if you if you go on and you refute someone's claims, and then you add on to that, and by the way, you're an asshole. Mm. Um, you know, the the name-calling may be gratuitous, but if you've actually refuted their argument, then it's still not an yeah, homonym. Yeah, it's not, not a fallacy. Yeah. Uh, may not always be the best thing. And that's, yeah. you know, before we get to calls real quick, I'll, let me just kind of ping this, because um, tone and tone oh, trolling has yes. kind of come up over and over again. Um, and people will point to different reactions. Well, first of all, that I've had on the, mm-hmm. on the show. Well, first of all, I'm human, so I'm prone to making mistakes. There's more than one occasion where I've had to yes. apologize for uh, <laughs> digging in on something or, or flat out mistreating someone. Um, but also, uh, there's a time and a place for righteous indignation and, and anger. There's a time and a place um, for ridicule. And I think that some ideas are worth, are deserving of ridicule by definition. Um, and that some people may only be responding to ridicule. I don't. I don't advocate uh, ridicule and 
egregious name-calling and stuff as a first response. But come on. If I spent 45 minutes explaining to you exactly what's wrong with Pascal's wager, and we can't even begin to, to, to get past the starting point, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I'm probably going to drop a name because I've already put in my, my work. Yeah. Uh, but... Well, and it's it's not it's it's never a goal. It's people are like, right. oh, I love watching the show because you make Christians look stupid. No, no, actually, no. they provide whatever argument, and they do or don't look stupid entirely on their own merit. You know, it's not my goal to make anybody look stupid or feel bad. Uh, <laughs> it's my goal to be kind of honest, and sometimes honesty gets rough. Well, not only that, but anyone who calls the show has the option of remaining anonymous. Yeah. So they don't have to out themselves as the guy that made the really stupid argument on the atheist experience. Some people choose to do that. And well, it's a handful that can't remain anonymous, like Ray Comfort or yeah. Matt Slick. Or yeah, they're, those are they're pretty rare occasions. Yeah, they've already made but, their bed. But, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned tone trolling because, um, you know, there's a hierarchy of disagreement here mm-hmm. with name-calling being at the bottom, you know. Um, ad hominem is next and tone trolling is right above ad hominem so you know if you're tone trolling you're you're still in the hierarchy of bad arguments and tone um, tone trolling by the way is for those who aren't aware is this idea of saying well you know i agree with your message but the way you're saying it is counterproductive yeah. and it may in fact be counterproductive um but if you don't have any way of supporting that claim like i i hear all the time um you know, oh, for, for any given phone call, we might hear, oh, you guys are incredibly patient and amazing, and that was the best phone call ever. Or on the same phone call, we might hear from somebody else, uh, you guys are a bunch of assholes. If you think you're doing anything good or you're going to convince anybody, then you're just wrong. You're never going to convince, first of all, there are people who say you're never going to convince religious people. Right. Um, funny, my inbox is full of emails from people just like that, and everywhere I go and every place that I speak, people come up and say that we have, in fact, done that. So you... I don't know. Yeah. Um, then there are some that say you'll never convince them with the particular tactics that you're using, as if we only use a single right. tactic here. Yeah. Uh, and you're wrong on that, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, so there's uh, there's name-calling ad hominem, uh, responding to tone or tone trolling. Yep. Right above that is contradiction. So, you know... Uh, Simple contradiction, like, nuh-uh. Yeah, nuh-uh. Yeah. Um, so if someone says you'll never convince anyone... Um, you know, you're doing more harm than good, and we just said, nah, then that would be contradiction, uh, not a very strong argument. Then there's counter argument, where Matt points out we have an inbox full of emails from former theists who responded to our arguments. So, there. Uh, then there's refutation, which explains, you know, fa- finds a mistake, explains why it's mistaken using quotes. And we do that frequently on the blog. And then there's refuting the central point, which explicitly refutes the central point that the, the person is making. Yeah, and that's the so, one that's, that's difficult to get to by yeah. the nature of the subject sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that basically that's the hierarchy of disagreement. And there so, we go. All right. And now you know, knowing is half the battle. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Or it's, a, it's in the Library of Congress. Read more about disagreements in your library. That's right. A flashback into my Saturday mornings, but we've got Aaron on the phone from Camden, New Jersey. How are you? Hey, how are you doing today? I guess you can't yeah. remain anonymous if we say your name and where you're at. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 16 years old. I'm the son of a pastor. Uh, we've, we're church planning. We've been moving. We've moved from Philadelphia to 
New Jersey a couple times, actually. But, um... What, yeah, what, what, what kind of pastor? What, what's your question? I couldn't hear you. What, what kind of pastor? What, what's, I don't understand. Uh, like, denomination? Is he, uh, you know... Uh, we're Presbyterian. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, sorry, my question was... Oh, yeah, so I'm coming into this, uh, this conversation... I'm stating that I'm, I don't believe that. I cannot prove uh, the existence of God. Okay. Okay. Uh, because he's not something that can be observed physically. I can't give any proof because we is. You understand what I'm, do you understand what I mean? Well, you, uh, by proof, do you mean that you can't absolutely prove it, or do you mean that it's not well, something? I can't test him physically in the natural world. Okay. Is, okay. Do you believe that there's any way... Uh, so are you relying entirely on faith, or do you believe... I mean, I, I'm curious as to why anybody would believe something without a rational justification. Okay, okay, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, that, that's what our belief is, is based on faith. Okay. Okay, let me now, ask you, I, I have a question yeah. for you. Do you believe that your God has any effect on the natural world at all? Of course. Okay, oh, yeah. then, then you can test it. We, well, I can't test. I can't test the existence of God. If you believe you, you your can God, test the effects. yeah. If you believe your God has an effect on the natural world, you can test that. And, and by the way, for, for most people, and granted, if you're saying that you believe only based on faith, then it doesn't matter whether you think your God uh, affects reality. But for most people that that believe, they're running around claiming to be little God detectors all the time. God answers their prayers. God performs miracles. God interjects himself in reality in ways that they claim to be able to test or to, to detect anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can, I get, can I digress a little bit? Sure. Okay, you, sure. You, you yeah. had a question for us, so yeah, I want, yeah. I want to make sure you get your question. Well, I just wanted to um, know where your original position is on, for creation. Because I haven't been able to pinpoint that. Because I've been watching your show for about a month now on YouTube, and uh, for like for ninety percent of the people who call in are idiots. They just okay. don't know how to. They don't know how to argue the debate or anything. They don't know how to pre present any valid well, evidence. Okay. So, well, uh, name calling aside. Um, <laughs> well, that's not Ned Havenham yet, but, uh, um, so what do you mean by creation? Um, how, how were we, how are, how are we here? Okay. How did the first living thing arise or how did yeah, we, yeah. okay. Um, well, the answer right now is we don't know for sure. Um, there are some interesting ideas. There's a field called abiogenesis that talks about, you know, how living things arose. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but if not, that would be an interesting thing to look at. Yeah, one of the reasons why the, the Jen had asked what you mean by creation is because uh, creation is a bit of a, a cheat, um, mm -hmm. depending on what you're talking about. So if you're referring to the universe, for example, and calling it creation, then it's a bit of a cheat because you're presuming that it's something that was created or had a creator. Okay. Uh, so I don't know 
I'm not completely sure what you're asking, but I'll give you my quick 30-second breakdown. Uh, Big Bang cosmology is the best current model we have for the origins of the universe, although we don't understand it entirely, and we could be wrong. Um, evolution it explains the diversity of life um, after the beginnings of life. It is um, both. It is a theory, the theory of by natural selection, that explains the facts of evolution. So there's, uh, you know. There's, yeah. there's no scientific dispute on whether or not evolution actually occurs. When it comes to the origin, the origins of life, as Jen said, we don't know. Um, and some of us aren't willing to pretend that we do know by, by claiming there was a God involved. All right, well, surely you do believe that there had to be something eternal. Um, I don't... I don't know. I, I don't know why you would say that. I mean, we don't have any evidence that supports that. Well, uh, I'm saying that because... So if I say there's a God, right? Okay. Well, you'll okay. say, if I say God created the universe, well, you'll say, who created God? No, actually, I wouldn't, because who mm -hmm. created presumes that we're talking about a who. See, yeah. who... Okay, yeah. So but, it, but I'm fine with you saying God created the universe, and God didn't need to be created. What I'm wondering is, why on earth you think that you need to take that extra step? Because there's a point at which we can... We can't investigate any further back currently, and so it's a mystery. And what you're attempting to do is claim that you've answered this mystery by something that you can't explain or describe, uh, can't prove exists, and uh, I don't see how that's a useful... I mean, we tend to explain things in terms of other things we understand. And so if you try to solve the biggest mystery in the universe, is why does anything exist, by appealing to a bigger mystery, um, how is that any different from saying that universe creating pixies who didn't need a creator started the universe? Well, well that's not what I'm getting at. I'm, getting, I'm just getting at um, for, for anybody to believe that we are here right now, we have to believe in, in an eternal being or... No, we don't. We don't. So, and in fact, so we, instance, I think that's an unjustified belief. I mean, I believe I'm here right now, and I don't believe in an eternal someone. So, so how did we get here then? I don't know. We, we may never know, but we, but that doesn't mean we're justified in plugging, you know, something like a god in there. I mean, you said earlier that no, you, even a cell, a cell could be eternal. It always had to be there for it to develop into where we are now. Uh, that actually doesn't help your case. I, I don't know what you mean because cells most definitely. I don't. I'm not aware of any eternal cells or any eternal anything. Yeah. And all the evidence we have for cells shows that they're not eternal. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I guess I'm confusing you guys a little bit, but let me, let me ask. Well, what makes you think cells are eternal? No, for something to be, so if, for instance, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory, well, something always, something had to be eternally there. No, something before. just had to be there before under some models. Yeah. Well, what was before that? We don't know. And that may not even be a valid question. Yeah, before the Big Bang, if time actually began with that, may not be a valid question. Okay, okay. Well, then we can. What's north, what's north of the North Pole? Oh, yeah, yeah, then we can't agree on that idea. 
we can't agree on, on the fact that North Pole is as north as you can get and there's nothing north of the North Pole? Uh, we, we, there's, there's the universe. I guess that's my vague, my vague answer to that. Yeah, I, that's, uh, you, you kind of jumped the shark there because it's, <laughs> north is, north is a point. Um, of which there's nothing north of. That's the start. Everything is south of the North Pole. It's not like we expand north to the solar system and, and say that the moon is occasionally north of the North Pole. That's just not the way north works. All right, all right. So, um, well, so I have another idea. Well, I, I have a question for you because at, yeah. the, at the beginning of the call you said that um, we can't test God in the natural world but then you claim that God does have effects on the natural world. So those are contradictory claims. So my question to you is, if you believe that the universe and everything in it came into existence as a result of some God, what evidence causes you to think that? You know, what, what, what piece of evidence points to a God? Um, yeah, I guess... That's a good question, I guess. And like I said, it's faith again that we have. Sure. Okay, but that's I guess, not so, evidence. Um, I can't. I can't argue against people's personal revelations, and I can't argue against a claim that we just have to believe it on faith. All I can say is that uh, I see no good reason to take anything on faith. Faith is the excuse people give when they don't have a good reason. Because if you have a good reason, you don't have to appeal to faith. And as long as faith is uh, can be used to equally justify competing claims, I don't know why anybody would want to make an appeal to it, as if it's a virtue. It's not a virtue. It's vice. It's gullibility. All right. Okay. So I can I cannot uh, give any evidence. Okay. On how that, but um, okay. here's here's what I'm going to ask. Okay. It's sorry, sorry. I'm trying to organize my thoughts a little bit. So why wouldn't you guys want to believe? And God. It's not that I don't want to believe in God. It's that I don't believe in God. And which God? Yeah, what? which God? You know? I mean, the God of the Bible. Okay. Okay. It's so not, why it, wouldn't you want to believe in a, a being that loves you and that cares for you? I don't see that, that that's... You. First it's, of all, I don't see that that's the character of the God of the Bible. Yeah. Why not? Have you read the Bible? Yes, I have, and you'll say that... He's he's a malicious guy, and he yes yes uh, he condones slavery. And yes yes. Do, uh, do you think that that's not true? That is not true. You, you, so you when haven't read what the Bible doesn't say that he will relieve suffering. Um, I, you you said that it wasn't true that he condoned slavery. So I'd like you know. Have you not read Exodus twenty one, or Leviticus twenty five? The whole the whole verse, not not just cherry picking the whole verse. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, sorry, yeah, the yeah. whole chapter. Is so, that what you're getting at? So, right there, explicitly, the Bible condones slavery and portrays it as the word of God. So now, either the Bible is wrong, or God was wrong, or you're wrong about slavery. Just that that one little topic. Well, I'm assuming well, you think slavery is immoral. Well. Where does your morality come from? So you don't think slavery is immoral? You don't think it's immoral to own another human being as property? Oh, it, it definitely is. How did you determine that? What? 
Yeah, you surely didn't get that from the Bible. I mean, the Bible says the exact opposite. So you're not getting your morality from the Bible. Well, that's, that's based on your eisegesis. No, it's based on no. the actual text. The Bible says the exact opposite of that. Can you give me an example? Uh, or can you can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, it it's, specifically says that slaves are your property and you can pass them on to your children. It also says in Exodus 21, begins with talking about Hebrew slaves, um, and that if, you, if they come and work for you, you have to let them go after six years, unless uh, you give them a wife and they decide that they want to stay, in which case you drive an all through their ear, and they are now your property forever. By the way, that's the rule for Hebrew slaves. For other slaves, they're your property to begin with, and there are different rules for, for, for women than there are for men. Um, but that's all kind of curious that you don't seem to know this, and yet you, you've come to the conclusion that slavery is immoral, and you don't seem to think that the Bible condones slavery when it's explicit. I mean, you, you would think, if there was a good and wise God that cared about human beings, that amongst those, oh, I don't know, first ten commandments, there might be one that says, thou shalt not own another human being as property. But it doesn't say that. Instead, it says the exact opposite. And you, you've come to a conclusion that disagrees with the Bible. So I'm wondering what you think is right and why. Well, from what I've learned from my Christian school, I go to a Christian school, in uh, Haddonfield. But uh, what I've learned about this topic, and I, I don't know much about slavery in the Bible at all, but... Um, I got a video up on my private YouTube channel. covers it in great detail, verses and all. Yeah, I was going to say, you should probably fix that. Because, yeah, I uh, mean, if you're going to run around saying the Bible doesn't condone slavery, and then after, uh, after we point out that it does, you're going to say, well, I don't really know that much about slavery in the Bible. Well, you didn't even have to tell us that. We'd already figured that part out. No, 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 but what, what I've learned about it is that Slavery, in a, in a few verses in the Bible, uh-huh. that it it applied to men who were who were in poverty, so they would be sold, sold into slavery because as a slave you'll be able to thrive. Really, under a master. Yes. Okay, and so somebody has sold you a ridiculous bill of goods. This is the excuse that, that theists, uh, Christians in particular, often make when they're confronted with the fact that their book is patently immoral. First of all, it's absolutely absurd to try to claim that the Bible only supports indentured servitude, but I'll point out that I think indentured servitude, pretty damn immoral as well, because yeah. there's no good reason to think that it's going to be equitably enforced. Second of all, it specifically says owning people as property that you can pass on to your kids. It also says mm-hmm. that you can beat your slaves as long as they don't die within a day or two. Now, it says you must buy your slaves from the heathen who surround you. These people aren't people that owe you money. These are slaves. That's an explicit endorsement of the slave trade. Buy your slaves from the heathen around you. And then there are specific rules for what you can do about enslaving your own fellow Jews. And by the way, all of these rules only allow Jews to own slaves because if you try to enslave a Jew, then you get plagues. Okay, okay. Well, you have been gonna... you have been sold some stuff that is not consistent with what the Bible actually says. This is a common apologetic tactic. It is an attempt to soften what the what the scriptures actually say, and you haven't bothered to look into it because you're just accepting whatever they feed you at that Christian school. Uh, that's not that's not what I'm doing, but I'm just okay. to further give foundation to my idea. I want to say um Sorry, um, what was I going to say? 
Hey, does Jesus... Oh, what do you does believe you, about the end of... So what happens after this life? So do you guys believe, like, the world's going to end, the universe is going to end, right? Well, the, the current model, I'm pretty sure, shows heat death eventually, yeah. yeah. Eventually heat death, yeah. Okay, okay. So... Let me let me backtrack a second since we just answered that. Uh, are you aware of Jesus making any comments at all about slaves? Um, not sure. I, I believe so. Do you happen to know what he might have said? Like, hey, slavery no. is wrong? No, he didn't say that. He said, slaves <laughs> obey your masters. Yes. The only good thing you could tell a slave is to free themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go on with your next question about the okay, end of the universe so or whatever. Why... Why do you guys have any sense of morality if you guys just believe that at the end everything's going to be destroyed? I, I, what difference does it make if at the end everything's yeah. going to be destroyed? Okay, so I've got a car. Um, eventually it's going to end up in a junkyard. Does that mean it's of no value to me right now? Well, tech, well there's some hope because you, you believe that you're going to get another car. No, I'm actively using the car right now. It's of use to me now. It's a benefit yeah. now. The fact that it's going to end up in a junkyard someday doesn't make it useless now, does it? No, it doesn't. Okay. So the fact that the universe and life is going to end, the fact that I'm going to die doesn't make this day unvaluable, does it? Right no, now. It so, okay. So we agree that this day is valuable right now to me, right? Yes. Get there. Sure. So since I have to share space with a bunch of other people... It's probably in my best interest to take a good look at what benefits me and what benefits everybody and what harms us and to work with other people to try to create the best now and the best future that I possibly can because I'm planning on living beyond today, right? Yes. What more do you need? I guess, I guess you, you've made a valid point, but... I'd highly recommend you go ahead and hit Google, and uh, while this is a bit self-promotional, Google superiority of secular morality, and you'll find a big talk I gave uh, outlining how to build a secular moral system and how a secular moral system is, in fact, the only moral system, and that religions don't have a moral system. They make pronouncements about morality. Um, and I'd also take a, take a look at the Euthyphro Dilemma. Um, the, the idea that is something moral because God's commanded or do the gods command it because it's moral and actually it originally began as pious but it works for morality too it, if something is only moral because God says so then tomorrow God could say that rape and murder are moral and that would make it true well that's obviously flawed and if, thing, and if, rape and more, if God only says that rape and murder are immoral because they're already immoral then what do we need a God for? He's just a messenger there's nothing about that God that has any bearing on whether or not rape and murder are immoral. There's a lot of big topics out there, and I had a bunch of people waiting on the, on the line, so I don't want to... You're welcome to call back, and you can email tv at atheist-community.org, and we'll be happy to take more questions. Um, but we've got four lines and people waiting, and there's only 20 minutes left, so... Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, Aaron. Thank right. Thanks. Actually, I'm, I'm glad we had somebody 16 years old mm -hmm. who's obviously raised in a very... Christian environment who's calling the show to talk about this stuff because um, that's actually the part about Explore God that I think is very valuable yeah. for people. And, and, I, and I point out that you know, I get a lot of email from teenagers mm -hmm. and I am always reluctant to engage too much Yeah. Um, because you know I don't want to necessarily be pissing off anybody's parents um, 
and, and getting into fights about whether or not I'm unduly influencing their kids. Mm-hmm. So the big thing is, and we got we got several emails from people saying, oh, my parents are making me go to church. Yeah. yeah. Go. Yeah. Go take lots of notes, ask lots of questions. If you yes. ask too many questions, they may stop making you go. But it can't hurt you to take notes because the more you understand about this, the better you're going to be able to have communications with people who don't understand it, which is 90% of the Christian community doesn't understand what they believe or why. Yes. Now, think about if, if you're in this situation. I made up that statistic, by the way. Yeah. Um, think, start thinking about this, this problem that you have. Uh, think like a social scientist. So you're now an anthropologist or a sociologist, and you are studying the Christian tribe in their native environment. Okay, <laughs> if you were in that position somewhere, um, you, you know, can't studying... go into their native environment until you're 18 or 21 <laughs> in some places. Uh, so if you're if you were, you know, in doing field work or something um, as an anthropologist, you wouldn't be trying to avoid you know, some tribe in their native environment, you'd be actively looking for this experience. So embrace it that way. Like Matt said, take a notebook. Take lots of notes. Yeah, and, you know, I know some people, oh, it's boring, I hate it, it's whatever. You know, mm-hmm. literally today, and I don't necessarily know that I believe this email, but there was one that came in and somebody's 18 and going to college and their parents are going to buy them a house near the university if only they'll go to church once a week. And mm-hmm. I was like... Uh, I put out a tweet right away saying, if any rich Christians want to buy me a house to go to their church once a week, Beth and yeah. I will be there dressed to the nines. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm 18 and I'm worried about being indoctrinated. Are you kidding me? You, yeah. You're kind of past where, you know, yeah. if, if you cannot actually go to church and sit there and not be indoctrinated at 18, uh, you, you, we need some other work. Well, and, and if you're old enough to worry about being indoctrinated, you probably are not going to be indoctrinated. Yeah. Okay. It, indoctrination relies on the fact that you don't tend to know that it's going yeah. on or that it's even a thing sometimes. <laughs> but Anyway, Ron in Brooklyn, thanks for waiting. Yes, good evening, and what an honor to talk to the two of you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I sent an email last week with two questions, and Tracy Harris acknowledged that she didn't have answers, so I'm going to ask them both of you now. Okay, question number one. The Vatican now accepts evolution as factual and true. So there was no first man, no Adam, no talking snake, no fall from grace, no need for Jesus to come to earth to offer human salvation. So how does Catholicism reconcile this? And question number two. We atheists are always saying that there's no evidence of proof of God. So what would the evidence be that we would accept? I can't think of any including um, having some spook appear before me who changed himself into different life forms, knew what I was thinking, and corporally uh, reproduced my deceased parents, and we had a discussion of things that only we knew about. Sure. Those are my two questions. Sure. Okay. Um, so the first one, I don't think you, that uh, the Vatican's acceptance of evolution doesn't necessarily... It, it should. I agree with you that it should destroy their theology because there was no first man, first woman, etc. No fall from grace, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Nothing to be redeemed of, no original sin. However, the Vatican definitely uh, accepts evolution. They don't necessarily accept it in its entirety the way you and I would. And they managed to say that uh, in addition to evolution, there was, in fact, this first man, first woman, yeah. in at least a metaphoric sense, 
if not an actual literal sense. I don't know how they work that out. So yeah, they're basically doing tap dances around evolution uh, to avoid uh, the problems. And there's some Catholics okay. who aren't happy with it. Well, and, well, that, sounds and the, like, that sounds like a typical apologetic. Yes. Well, yeah, and, and I, I guess my other question for you is, you know, have you asked Catholics this? Because, um, you know, I, I have no idea what's going on inside a Catholic's head, but there are Catholic apologists out there that you could approach with this question. Yeah, it would probably be the, the, the typical obfuscations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's you, you may never get a satisfactory answer. It's it's you know, you might as well be trying to ask him to explain the Trinity to you. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um okay, you want to take the second question? Oh uh, what, what would we accept? Um yeah. I I okay, can't think of anything right off the top of my head that you know yeah. I, I would accept. I, I'm with I'm with you, uh, Ron, in that I, I can't think of anything um, and I think it would be arrogant of me to presume that I could. Uh, distinguish between a god and some highly advanced technology that I'm unfamiliar with, etc. And so what I've what I've said in the past couple years is I don't know what it would take, but if there is a god, that god definitely knows what it would take, and that god should be capable of doing it. And the fact that it hasn't happened means that either that god doesn't exist or that god doesn't care to convince me that he exists. Okay, good answers. Cool. I don't want to take too much of your time, but what an honor. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate Thanks, the Ron. call. Okay, bye-bye. Have a happy Sunday. Yeah, Yeah. actually, I think God would be the last explanation I would reach for if something really weird and unusual and extraordinary happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, there could be a collection of different pieces of evidence that would lead me to believe that, not necessarily that a God exists, but that whatever some people have been pointing to as God mm-hmm. um, may actually be a real phenomena. Yeah. We could test intercessory yeah. prayer, and we have, and it fails, but if it had succeeded, we would have been in the position of saying, okay, now yeah. we need to investigate this further. Yeah. Which prayers, which denominations, which ones are working? And we would have to acknowledge that whether or not a God actually exists outside, that prayer has demonstrated that it has mm-hmm. some usefulness. And yeah. if it turned out that only praying to Jesus actually had a statistically significant usefulness, mm-hmm. well, that wouldn't necessarily be confirmation of Jesus or God, but it would be confirmation of the effects, which is all you can ever hope to mm-hmm. to do. Unfortunately, that never happens. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> ever. I don't care what miracles you want to point to, and Bubba Joe's limb reprodu- or regrew and nobody saw it but him and his family, or, you yeah. know, Tim mentioned has got a song about the cataracts of Sam's mom or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need we'd need good, reliable, independently verified and preferably repeatable, testable, falsifiable confirmation. And now if you think that's too much, which some people do, they're like, yeah. why do you have your standards so high? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's like the biggest possible claim. And you want me to use the same standards for that that I would if you told me you ate a grilled cheese yesterday. Come on. But since nobody said that today, We'll go on to John in North Hollywood. How are you? Hey, man. Pretty good. It says here that you've got proof for God's existence that doesn't depend on religion. Yes, yes, I do. And uh, uh, I just want to say I'm a little nervous while I'm talking, so if I, if I sound a little funny, just, uh, I'm sorry, okay? Uh, uh, just, just go ahead and give us your proof, because the first caller we had today said he couldn't be done. Okay, well, let, let me tell you. Uh, I, I have, I have uh, multi-religious friends. And the way I look at it is, uh, I've read up on the, the Torah, I've read the, the, old, uh, the, the 
Old Testament, the New Testament, and the way I look at it is the, the you can't have the, you can't say one religion is right and say that the other one is wrong. It's automatically gives a atheist idea that all oh, religion is full of uh, poop, you know. Uh, but uh, this this answer is going to satisfy everybody because uh, the, it, it goes. It, this is this is how first. Atheist scientists, even people of uh, religion, all have to admit that there was a beginning. And as far as I know, the, that that beginning that's been proven has been the the. Uh, the, I think the atom or whatever created Adam. Now, we can't... We can't whoa, say whoa, that. whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say Adam or atom? Yeah, atom, atom. A-T-O-M? Yes. That's not the beginning. Okay, the, the thing that created, I forgot its name. Uh, it was this, it was, let, let me just tell you that uh, whatever, whatever the first thing was, that is God, because God is supposed to be the beginning. So, uh, it's automatically the atheism is wrong because if that you, you have a lack of uh, belief, right? You you, you believe that uh, 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 people. I think that that was wrong. Anyway, uh, too nervous. But but the, the point is that that God is real, you know. Because even if it's if it even if every religion is wrong, uh, we all look at it like the creator. We worship a creator and we put in beliefs, as in like. No, actually, we don't worship a creator. Yeah, and John, can you? You guys will. Yeah, uh, yeah, but can you tell me anything about this creator that you think is real? Yeah. The, uh, uh, well, I I believe in Jesus. Okay. But I, why? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't. Uh, I mean, I want to give a satisfying answer to everybody. I don't. I don't I'm not. A, I'm not a, a hardcore re- religionist. Yeah, I'm not a radical. To say, okay, no, I won't listen to other people's ideas. Well, you, you know, Jesus, Jesus was kind of a hardcore radical. Who you started off by saying you can't say one religion's right and others are wrong, and Jesus would disagree with you. So I'm having trouble figuring he out probably how. Probably would. Yeah. He probably would. But see, uh, I'm not a saint, so I can't. I I, I can't say you know. Uh, I don't think for my. I think, I think for myself, you know. But I have my belief. I'm, I think. I'm, uh, I'm uh, good with people thinking of It teaches you to be a good person. Does but, it? It does. It actually does. It's uh, it, it just it's just people who 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 abuse the religion, because it, in nowhere in, in in the Muslim religion, uh, Christian religion, Jewish religion, does it say go rape a little kid? No, that's that's humans. That's humans that that go rape kids. So um, the, all the all the crusades. Those are um, people so, so confusing other people. So I I agree with you that nowhere in the Bible does it flatly say go rape a little kid. But I do not agree with you that the absence of a specific prohibition means that the Bible is teaching, or Christianity is teaching people to be good. Um, I don't know how you got there. Because if you if you follow the commandments, yes. regardless of which religion you choose, even Satanism, even Satanism teaches you uh, how to be a good person. You understand? And... Uh, uh, although, although, while I'm on the subject of Satanism, hey, I hey, try John? to avoid Satanism. John. Yeah, John, uh, you do realize that the commandments of different, well, actually not all religions have commandments, but the the equivalent yeah. of commandments of different religions, that some of those are competing, right? That they, they can't both be true? And yet you're sure, saying... Sure, sure, sure. I know, I, I understand. I believe that. Look, it's just, that's why I said I'm not a radical. I don't, I don't take my religion as, as too hard. I don't, you know, whenever it's... A, uh, so it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to you what's I'll true. I'll listen to it and I'll learn from it. It doesn't really matter to you whether it's true. You're just kind of picking and choosing the good bits that you like. Of course, of course. No, 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 no. Not, not. Well, 
I'm, I, I'm, I follow it, but I, I'm open to people's uh, uh, opinions. You know, because it's look. Um, you, you follow what? I follow, I follow my religion. But yes, yes. Does anybody else follow your religion other than you? Uh, household. Of course, well, well, I mean, in my household. you've kind of described this. You've described a rather esoteric religion that, that's pretty much the religion of John. It doesn't necessarily map to anything I'm familiar with. Um, so, I mean, you may call it Christianity, you may not, uh, but you seem to just kind of pick out whatever you want and follow that because it feels right to you. Even, 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 if, even if I do do that, it's not wrong. Is it? Even, uh, you see, even if I'm uh, do you care about what I want do you and care? I'm a Christian... And, excuse me, and, and then we say the, the, uh, God's going to punish me for it, right? But you can't say God's going to punish me. God needs to I, I don't think God's going to punish you. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get punished for I don't it. think God's going to punish yeah, you. Yeah. I'm asking you whether or not you care whether your beliefs are true. Uh, of course. It, it, I, would, I would love to actually believe, you know, Jesus so, is my God. He's the real God. But, okay. but there's all these other gods, you understand? Okay. Yeah. You, it, so, it's, it's, uh, John? I'm, more of a, I'm more of an open book. John, yeah, you're an open book, all right. And, and so when I ask if you care whether or not your beliefs are true, and you say yes, so it, how, how do you go about determining whether or not your beliefs are true? Uh, well, they, they, they're, look, look, in Christianity, as well as every other religion, people follow these religions because uh, it's, it's their perception of, of what God looks like. See? So it's, it's just whatever religion. feels right to you, that's what you go with? Sure. Okay, okay, that's not a very reliable way of determining I, that's, the truth. That's not a path to truth. It's it's the it's it's but, actually pretty much the exact opposite of what we would consider to be a reliable path to truth. One of the things that, one of the things about truth is that it is independently verifiable. Um, that's how we figure out whether or not someone. That's how we justify labeling some people delusional and locking them away is because they care only about their own understanding of reality and whatever they experience and understand is true to them. The truth isn't true to individuals. Truth is exactly. just true. You just, you just described humanity. Isn't that, isn't that uh, both uh, atheism and religion? No. Because it comes down to the person. The person, uh, if you give a, a great example for, uh, to, to an atheist, Okay, and and he still chooses to uh, not believe. No, then we don't choose to believe or not believe. So it's not a matter well, of just choosing to believe. Atheism, first of all, isn't isn't an ism. There's no dogma, tenets, rituals. There's nothing to it. It's just yeah, know, a I label for people who don't believe in God. And so, but, but there is a God. Okay, because, because I, the first thing the I'm thing aware that you believe that, and I'm aware that you think you can prove it. But I'll you prove it right now. you have not even come close to. Hardly attempting okay. to do so. Okay, I'll do it right now. Okay, okay. good. Do, do you believe in the beginning that something, some particle, some energy, something created everything? No, not created necessarily. Something, no. And how was an atom created? Don't know. Yeah. It, well, it says it. It says it. Uh, somebody did research on it. That they, that they actually proved that uh, an, some sort of energy, positive, negative energy, collided and created an atom. Well, I tell you what, why don't you email us with the peer-reviewed study that demonstrates that, So, and we'll be happy to evaluate it. The, the, reason, okay, the, reason, we're, the reason we're, we're kind of doing this is because, um, and there's no way to not be well, s slightly insulting, but it's clear that you don't understand the subject that you're talking about, 
And so your question is kind of ill-formed. Do I believe in a beginning? Well, I I accept the Big Bang model is the best current explanation we have of the origins of the universe as far back as we can trace it. As we said earlier, what happened before then, or even if there was a before, is something I can't answer, and something that I don't think anybody can answer. Because the Big Bang had to have a key element, right? The first first thing, whatever it was, they say the dust part. I'm not sure exactly John, what, what, how the Big Bang. John, was. John, let's what? assume let's assume that I agreed with you. Okay, that there had to be a first cause. Okay. Let's say that I agreed with you. Then what on God. what on earth makes you think that that first cause is a being that thinks and acts and not that's, just? That's exactly that's that's exactly what, why I said. Uh, that I don't I, that I could satisfy the atheist. It's specific because it, it doesn't need to. Uh, it, it, we're we're focusing on disproving a religion. That's what that's what you're. No, you're you said now. you could prove. You said you could prove God, and I yes. said that even if I agreed with you that there had to be a first cause, you've demonstrated no reason to think that that first cause is a thinking being, let alone a god. Yeah, he doesn't need to be conscious, but but uh, the the idea. So God of doesn't God need to be conscious. To be the beginner, the creator, the one who, who who sparked the creation, the one who created everything. Ah, so so you're, using, so you're just it using so you're just using you're just John John, you're just using the label God to point to whatever the hell it was that started it, whether it was a being or not, right? Yeah. Not yeah. remotely interested in that sort of taking a word. And using it, if you think you could prove God by redefining God, why on earth would you bother calling us? I'm, I'm not look to define God as saying uh, He's the beginner, the one who created everything. And and you're you're trying to you're trying to make me give you. Uh, I'm John, to I can John, I can read John, John, I can redefine God to be this coffee cup, and I can prove to you absolutely this coffee cup exists. Does that sound honest? It, it does exist, but is it the? It, did it create everything? Did it spark the creation? No. Was it the beginning? No. It was created. It was created. Why? Wh- why on earth would you call the cause of the universe God without justification? Unfortunately, the show is over. We are out of time. Thanks, everybody. Sorry to the people waiting. I guess we'll take a couple of shows after the call, or a, a couple calls after the show. Yeah, more shows after the call. Thanks. Jesus H. <laughs> Look, he believes in God. He said, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs>